Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Um, my name's Ruth, if you didn't catch that. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself um, for those of you who haven't met me or I haven't got to talk to for longer than a couple of minutes. Um, Pretty much I'm your average young adult I'm studying, about to finish my course in occupational therapy. Um, I work, like a lot of you do, not very much, so therefore have the regular car issues, money issues, um, love some of those. Um, and apart from that, um, I suppose what's really important um, that you need to know about me is that I'm passionate about seeing people come to know God and seeing people come to know Jesus and you know, that's more than like, oh, yeah, I heard about this guy, Jesus, apparently he's in the Bible. Um, I've seen one of those. No, more about, you know, actually knowing God, knowing him in their heart and knowing, you know, who he is for them and having a relationship with him. So that's really why I suppose I'm up here tonight is just to share something with you guys and um, love, you know, God's people by doing that. So let's pray because I need help and uh, God's got that. So let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for tonight, God. God, we thank you for every person that is here, Lord, and the heart that you have put inside each of the people that are sitting in these seats tonight, Father. We just thank you that we could be here in a community together, God, um, and we just pray that you will open hearts, Lord, tonight, open ears to hear your word, Father, um, and that your, your presence and your peace, God, will just be here tonight, and your joy, God. We just want to have fun under your name, Lord. We thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Let's have a bit of fun. Okay, cool. So I said I work. Um, I'll share a bit more about that. I work at a place called Bounce. Hands up if you heard of Bounce. Yep, awesome. So I am one of those people that stand at the gate. Bounce is a place of tra- that has a whole lot of trampolines, by the way, if you haven't heard of Bounce. Um, I'm the person that stands there with the ref shirt going, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, but have fun. <laughs> um, that's me. Um, and then when you start doing something crazy, I'm like, oh, watch out. Um, because I'm sure many of you have done this because I've seen many of you do, do this because I've been at Bounce with you and you go, oh, I want to learn how to flip. Cool, let's flip. And you're like, Ruth, teach me how to flip. Do I just do this and just throw it backwards? Yeah, Carl's got his hand up. I actually successfully did teach Kyle how to flip. So well done. You're a good student. But it's actually really scary when I'm standing there working and there are people that are like, yeah, I'll teach you how to flip, mate. But you can see that that person that's become the teacher actually has no idea how to do it themselves. And I'll tell you why this is so scary for me. It's because I did gymnastics um, for about 10 years. So I know that when someone goes like this, (laughs) that it's, there's a good chance they're going to land on their head and not a very good chance they're going to land on their feet. Um, and so I watch this and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they're going to land and I'm going to have to do first aid. How do, what do I do with a broken foot? Uh, I know I've done this, but what do I do? And I'm there playing the scenario. Um, but you know what? When I'm standing there, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, you haven't done the drills. You haven't had anyone help you do the spotting, you haven't then tried it with someone standing by you and now you're trying to do it. And you ha- what they haven't done that makes it so dangerous is they haven't learnt the foundations. They haven't learnt the setup. They haven't spent time actually learning how to do the skill and that makes it really dangerous. 
Yeah, and the Bible has um, talks a bit about this kind of concept in um, Matthew seven twenty four to twenty seven, and we're just going to get that up on the screen. It says, "Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock." And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. You know, I want to talk tonight about being unshaken. Um, I believe that, you know, we're called to glorify God. Hands up if you believe we're meant to glorify God. Um, I believe we're meant to preach his gospel. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean standing up here and preaching. That just means sharing who God is and sharing his gospel in the world. Um, And who believes we're meant to draw close to God, you know, that we're called to do that. So I also know that while we're called to do all those things, sometimes it's really easy to wander. Sometimes, you know, we have lots of things coming our way, lots of things drawing for our attention. And somehow... Every now and then we can find ourselves thinking whether no matter what it was that influenced us, whether it was a person or a thing or just an opportunity that we missed, we can find ourselves standing there all of a sudden and reflecting and going, where am I? Where is my faith? What am, 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 I, what am, I, what am I built on? Where, where, what am I doing? Where am I going? Where am I headed? And, that, you know, I've had that moment and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. But I believe that, um, you know, our lives are like these buildings and we're actually called to be victorious. We're called to stand firm um, and we're called to shake this earth and not be shaken by it. So we're going to um, look at a different, few different types of foundations that, you know, sometimes we can build our lives on that isn't that rock. And we'll get to that rock later. But there is a few different types of foundations that I think we can easily start to build our houses on, build our lives on. One of those, relationships. Um, Whether it's a friend, whether it's boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever it is, sometimes I think we can start to build our lives around this and put a lot of emphasis on this. Um, There's finances, you know, that stability. We like to feel stable, I think. And sometimes we can try and get that from our finances. Um, And another one is identity. So that could be, you know, popularity. If, you know, if I'm popular, everything will be fine. If I'm seen appearance, if I'm seen, you know, well by everyone, everything will be fine. Everything's about, I've got to look good. I've got to do that right. I've got to be seen as this type of person because that'll keep everything stable. That'll keep everything good. Um, another thing I think is also success in life, just achievements. Um, and just, if I reach that goal, I'll be good. If I reach that goal, everything will be fine. But there's something about all of these that, um, I find an issue with. It's not, you know, family, friends, relationships, they're great. Um, doing well in life, that's great. But all of these things are subject to failability, meaning none of them are stable. If something changes, if something hits these things, everything could fall because none of them are stable. Um, And, you know, if a storm comes, which it says, you know, in the, um, if we just go back to that scripture quickly, it just said, like it says, you know, the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, all of this. And they, 
these things, they're representing storms. They're representing trials in our lives. And so when those things come, what are you going to have to stand on? Is it going to be those things that we've started to build our lives on or does it have to be something more stable? And, you know, this may seem basic, you know, foundations and this scripture that you've probably seen several times, it may seem basic, but it is so important. And if you can get this, I really believe that it will it'll set you in such good stead for life. It'll set you in such a good stead to fulfill the calling that God has um, and just to live life with that joy and that peace no matter what's going on around you. So we're going to yeah look at this scripture again and I just want to give it a bit of context. So... This um, scripture comes at the end of sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. So the Sermon on the Mount is um, a big kind of, uh, it's a bit in Matthew of Jesus preaching. And it's really um, the first time that Jesus preaches with this such like the authority um, that he has as a son of, you know, son of God. And he's talking a lot about his kingdom and giving a lot of advice on life um, and giving a lot of advice on how to set a firm foundation. Um, if you look at it, they're all really good you know, points for life. And it's actually quite challenging to read when you reflect on it, but we'll get to that later. Um, they were, as it's Sermon on the Mount, they were on a mountain. Um, so, um, and it says, I can confirm this because the next chapter, because the Bible doesn't, the Bible didn't have chapters. So at the start of the next chapter, it says they came down from the mountain. So apart from being Sermon on the Mount, it's pretty clear they're on the mountain. Um, but this is actually important because if you look at what it's talking about, this actually means that as Jesus was talking, if you picture yourself standing on a mountain and Jesus was saying these words, it matches the scenery around them. And so it was really relevant to um, yeah, where they were. Um, so, yeah, if you look at it with that context um, and then the other thing, um, I suppose, in terms of context is the it was probably hot at the time. So... Um, the sand that he's talking about, there was sand and because it was so hot, it was actually really, the sand was quite hard. Um, so because the sand was hard, you actually could have built on the sand. But the thing is, is, you know, you look at the sand, you look at the rock. The sand is easier to build on, you know, looks great. Um, but who knows that there are seasons? We have different seasons and in our lives, we also have different seasons. So something that we can learn from this when we look at the context is Jesus wasn't just talking about sand and rock for the fun of it. He was actually, people in that day would have known that the sand was hard and that the sand would change. And I think there's so much that we can learn from this because one, when you have, when you think about the sand, right, and the seasons come, you've... You, it's really easy to take the easy option is what I'm trying to say. You know, you've got the sand and it looks easy at the time. And how often can we be just that little bit lazy and think, oh, this, this looks good for now. Yeah, I'll build here. Um, I'll, you know, this, this is a good option for now. I'll do that. Um, and it's so easy to take that easy road and build on the sand. But when seasons come... What have you built? You know, if we take that extra time, kind of like to kind of like the gymnastics and the bounce, you know, if people take the extra time to learn a flip, they're much less likely to end up hurting themselves later. It's the same when we build our lives. If we take the time to actually build on the rock, then when the trials come, we have a firm foundation. So we're talking about, you know, building on this um, stable thing and 
what better to build on than Jesus? I kind of feel like saying, you know, we need something stable. Have you met Jesus? <laughs> because he, you know, Jesus says, um, or well, in the Word it says in First Corinthians three eleven, He is our rock. In Hebrews thirteen eight, it says He never changes. Not yesterday, today, not forever. Um, and in Philippians four thirteen, it says He is our strength. So when we build on Jesus, we are building on a rock. We are building on something that never changes and we are building on strength. And there's nothing, you know, more stable than that, if you ask me. Because as, our, as a house rests upon foundations, we rest our lives upon Christ. And when Jesus is your foundation, you're unshakable. And, you know, it might take a little bit of extra time. We might need to dig a little deeper. You know, you have to dig deep to get to the rock. It's not just there on the surface. You have to dig deep to get to the rock. So we might need to dig a little deeper. Um, we might be needing to be future orientated and look forward to when the seasons, you know, might change. We might actually need to put some time in, which again we'll get to later. Um, and we might actually need to be listen, willing to listen. Um, but... We, if we build on Jesus, we're building on something solid and that is unshakable. So what do we need to do? We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And, uh, you know, it, this is a continual lesson. This isn't something that we just go, cool, I need to fix my eyes on Jesus. I need to build a foundation on him and cool, I'm done. Everything's set, you know, and now I'm set for life. And because I started building on a building on the rock, I'll be building on the rock forever. Sometimes I think we start to build on the rock and then it's kind of like we decide to get an extension on our house and we start to like extend out onto the sand over here. And then we think that another porch will be really nice. Then we go out into the sand over here and somehow we end up somewhat on the sand, even though we started on the rock. And I think that's sometimes how we start to, when we start to wander, you know, when we're wandering, we're wandering out onto the sand. But we, there are things I think that um, Jesus did that kept him building on that rock. And I think it's really good to look at the life of Jesus when we're trying to work out um, a way to, you know, do life, when we're trying to find an example for how to do something. Um, we can look at Jesus and we can look at the way that he lived. So I just want to go through um, a couple examples of things that Jesus did. And I can't cover all of them. That would take probably a year of sermons, if not more, um, to cover the whole life of Jesus and the examples. But there are just a few practical things that I thought that we could go over tonight um, that could help us to just put our eyes on Jesus which will help us to build a foundation on him, which will help us, you know, in good stead to fulfill the call that he has for our lives. So number one is time. So probably heard this a few times, spend time with God. And even though you've probably heard it several times, if you're like me, which, you know, we're all human, so we've got something in common. Um, I think that we, sometimes we just need the reminder Sometimes we just need that extra bit of encouragement to say, hey, okay, from today I'm spending time with God. Find someone that can keep you accountable. Find someone that can um, ask you, hey, how's God going? 
How's your mate, God? How's, how's he doing? Your relationship's going well? Oh, that's great. Someone that you can be honest with, okay? Um, and this is, yeah, something that Jesus did in Matthew fourteen thirteen, in Mark 1, verse 35, in Luke 4, verse 42. All of them talk about this solitary place that Jesus went, this place where he went alone to spend time with God. Um, and, you know, again, it does take time to get your foundations right. It takes time to learn a skill. It takes time to dig deep. It takes time to look towards the future. These things take time, but it's worth it. And, you know, any relationship will take time. Any relationship takes time to get to know someone and get close with someone and to rely on them and to trust them. But that's what we're called to do um, with Jesus. As well on that, um, I just wanted to give you... um, Uh, I suppose an example to keep in your mind, Um, just something to think about in terms of spending time with God. If you picture an apple or any piece of fruit, if you don't like apples, maybe don't picture an apple, and the apple falls off the tree, right, over time that apple is going to rot, yeah, but because it's disconnected from its source. As soon as fruit comes off a tree, it starts to rot and it starts because it's disconnected from our source. I think that our hearts are kind of the same. I think that if we are disconnected from our source, if we're disconnected from you know, our God who fills us with joy and peace and renews us and restores us, I think that we can start to too, start to rot in a sense and start to um, become detached and kind of fade away um, from him. So I just use that to encourage you, um, you know, just think about, you know, I am a piece of fruit and I'm going to stay connected to my source. <laughs> Might not be that encouraging, but just something to think about. Um, number two is um, I just want to talk about life of praise and prayer. So in, you know, firstly, Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, you'll all know this. It's the Lord's Prayer. And if you don't know it, that's fine. But there is a prayer that is very famous. It's like, Our Father who art in heaven. If you've watched an American show, you've probably heard it. Um, and but I love that that starts by praising God. It says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It starts by praising him and declaring his name and his things. And I think that that is such an example of how we are to live and how we are to pray. And that prayer was prayed by Jesus. It was an example of how to pray. Um, and in Matthew eleven twenty five, Luke 10, verse 21, there's lots, you know, to back these up, but I just chose a few. Um, Jesus says, Oh, I praise you, Lord. He says, I praise you, Lord. Um, and he also, when, you know, um, Jesus also prayed, it talks in Mark 14, 32 to 24, um, 34, you don't go backwards in the Bible, um, <laughs> and Luke 5 to 16. Um, and, you know, I would raise all of these out, but there's so many that would take us all night. But what I wanted to tell you about those is that it talks about Jesus praying. It says, you know, Jesus prayed. Jesus got his disciples to come and sit with him while he prayed. Um, and it just, it shows that example of Jesus always praying and preparing for what God had for him. Um, and it also tells us to pray in Philippians 4 verse 6. It says, um, you know, whatever's going on in your life, this is Ruth's version, but um, whatever's going on in your life, you know, through prayer and supplication, let your thing, your um, your, I suppose, wishes. Rach knows this one because it's like her favourite verse ever. Um, but through prayer and supplication, <laughs> make your request known to, to the Lord. Um, and yeah, we are, we are told to pray to him and to give our burdens over to him. Um, and when we do this, when we praise God and when we pray to him, it renews us and it restores us. Um, and when you feel renewed and restored, 
You're ready to take on life. You're ready to go forward. And you, it also, you know, God is, God is a God that is with us. Um, like even tonight when I was kind of there, I was like, oh, I'm meant to be preaching soon. I haven't done this before. What's going to happen? I don't even know. Um, you know, God said, to me, I just felt him in the car say to me, I'm with you, daughter. I'm with you. God is a God that is with us. Um, and so, you know, we can rely on that and we can, you know, we can trust in him, but we have to feel renewed and, re- you know, pray and pray so that we feel renewed and restored and actually invite him to be with us. Um, the other thing is the company you keep. Now, I'm on placement at the moment. Um, the company, yeah, that's the one. Um, so I'm on placement at the moment and my supervisor, um, I'm in like an age psychiatry place, um, and my supervisor is, she's a bit older, so she's been in the field for many years um, and she loves gardening. Like it's, she, she loves it. She knows everything about it. We've got a garden at like I'll call it work for now because it's, you know, full time. So it kind of feels like work even though you don't get paid. Um, so we're, you know, there's a garden there and we're watering plants and potting plants for group sessions and she loves her garden. So we um, went out the other day and um, we went to the nursery for lunch. Of course, we went to a nursery because there's flowers everywhere. Um, and I thought, okay, what can I do to bond with my supervisor? Ask her something that, you know, she's interested in. So I came up with this question, which was, um, how do I know which potting mix to buy? <laughs> um, and potting mix, if you don't know, because a lot of us probably aren't very good at gardening, being young, um, that's kind of what you put <laughs> in, um, let's be honest, um, you, what you put in the pot and then you put the plant in and the potting mix has all these nutrients and stuff in it. Anyway, and she said to me, the more expensive it is, the better it is. Um, but this is because the nutrients in the potting mix um, give the chan- they give the plant a better chance to grow. And I think that the company we keep is a little bit like this in the sense that, you know, what we put around us and what we let, you know, feed into us, um, if, you know, the better the quality, the better the nutrients, the better, you know, that gives us a better chance to grow and it gives us a better chance to be healthy um, and also gives us a better chance to live, you know, live in that longer, live in that good health longer. Um as it does with a plant and potting mix. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's so important. You know, um, Jesus hung around with criminals. It's not, it's not that we shouldn't hang around with people that aren't Christian. Like, please don't hear that. Um, we definitely should. Um, but, you know, Jesus hung around with criminals. He had a great influence on them, but he did life with his disciples. Um, and he did life with, you know, godly people. Um, so I think that, yeah, we can um, learn from that too. Um, and the last thing I wanted to touch on as well was, it's probably the shortest I've ever gone, pretty proud. Um, (laughs) so the last thing I wanted to touch on was reflect. I think this is so important, um, to reflect and I want to give us a little bit of time to do this later. Just reflect on where you are because if you can't acknowledge where you are if you don't give yourself the time to work that out then how are you ever going to change and how are you ever going to get to where you're meant to be um you know sometimes I think we need a bit of a building inspection we need to check that you know that the foundations are okay we need to check that we're going in the right direction that we're still building on rock we haven't accidentally landed on some sand somewhere by accident um and we need yeah just to check that everything's going well you know God resists the proud. So 
we don't want to have prideful hearts. We want to have open hearts. We want to have humble hearts. And when we build our foundation on God, when we build our foundation on Jesus, we are able to catch His heart. We're able to catch His passion. And when we reflect and, you know, through all these things, through having people around us who can build us up, by having, you know, a life of praise and prayer, by spending time with Him, we can, in this time of reflection, when we catch His heart, we can build that passion. We can have passion in our hearts for His things and His call. When we feel restored, when we feel renewed, we're, we're empty enough. As Amando was speaking about last week, he was speaking about um, having your cup ready to be filled, having, your, having room in your cup to be filled. When we do this, when we have all these things like this um, and, you know, we have room, we have room for God's passion and to move. But we're not going to notice that if we don't reflect. The way that um, Jesus lived his life and even the Sermon on the Mount, um, they really challenge us, I think. When you read them and when you look into it, it really challenges us to look at how we're living, to look at what we've just accepted as normal and to look at how God sees normal, to look at how God sees the way that we should be living. Does that make sense? Yeah? So we are to be challenged by that and reflect on it. And one thing, if we can just go back to the verse, um, it talks about, it says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. Yeah, so two words I want you to notice there is it says everyone who hears these words and everyone who does them. We need to be willing to listen. And when we listen, it's not like, oh, someone's talking to me. Then you realise you're meant to give a response and you're thinking, oh, what was it that they just said? I wasn't actually, I wasn't, you heard, you were listening, but you didn't hear them. Yeah, it's not that, it's, it's actually hearing Him and then hearing Him and catching His passion and then actually being caused to act, to actually do. It says hear and it says does them. So when we reflect and we hear from Him, when we praise and when we pray, when we spend time with Him, we hear and we act. And when we, you know, deny ourselves, it says we find ourselves. And tonight I want to give us some time to reflect. I want to give us some time to actually hear. I want to give us some time to make a stand and say, okay, do I need to tear my walls down? Are there, you know, are there parts of, you know, parts of my life? Have I built some extensions out? Are there parts of my life that are just extensions that are on the sand and actually shouldn't be there? Do I need to listen to God and tear some of those things down so that I can start fresh with Him? You know, some of us might be doing really well with our foundation on the rock, on the rock, <laughs> on the rock, and that's awesome. You know, and I'm so excited about that because when we're built, you know, when we're when we're unshakable, we can make so much change. If we're busy being shaken by the world, then how are we ever going to shake it? You know, if we're busy being so impacted by the world that we're disabled, you know, to do anything further, to change the lives of those people around us, to share God's God, to get, share the gospel, to share His love, then what change are we going to be able to make? And I'm passionate about seeing us make change because I know when I pray for, for you guys, for this congregation, when we're in worship and all the time, I just see this just God's heart just bursting and everyone's hearts just bursting for passion for Him being built on Him and just praising Him 
and making change from there. Just no matter what's going on, just praising Him. So, you know, when our foundation is on Jesus, we can trust God's wisdom in our life. We can rely on His strength. Um, We can look beyond our own circumstances to a greater purpose. And if He's our foundation, then um, our hearts can be in line with His. It's, you know, He's, he's, He's with us. He's in us um, and He's a part of us. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.